Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Hey everybody, I hope everybody's doing great. This is Jill Lorenz with Summit Resilience Training and Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, of course, that's me. Um, today, I, I wanted to talk to you about difficult relationships. And when you become a caregiver to somebody that you've been estranged from or you have had difficulties with in the past and now they have Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or something, how hard that can be. We can never discount that old baggage, right? It's there. It's there and it's going to be there and you're going to have to figure out a way to get through it and deal with it. And I'm always talking in my classes about how important it is to manage your emotions and walk into a room with a person that has a cognitive impairment and memory loss and have a smile on your face and walk in as though, you know, you're just the happiest person in the world. Well, guess what? There's many of you out there that don't feel that way or you think it's too Pollyannish or... Maybe it's just not your personality to sort of be upbeat at a moment's notice. That's just not who you are. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. I want you to think about what you're trying to accomplish and whether or not you want to utilize a strategy that can complete that goal or if you want to continue to have the same result over and over and maybe having that person being contentious with you, always saying no, not, not agreeing with you, not helping you with their own activities of daily living because quite possibly they're not able to, whatever reason, you know, and, and I meet people all the time who say, it's just, it's just hard for me because I never had a good relationship with my mom. And now I'm supposed to care for her and, you know, make her food and help her go to the bathroom and all these things that don't come easy to me. And my problem is that I didn't have a good relationship with her when I was growing up. I recently spoke to someone who said, you know, I never really was a hugger. I, that's not who I am. I don't hug people. But you know what? People with Alzheimer's love hugs. They love it when someone shows them affection. They will respond to it in a way that will shock and amaze you. I guarantee it. So I recently was helping someone and 
this was the conversation that we were having. And I was trying to tell this particular person, listen, this is a chance for you to have that relationship that you never had before. Uh, Her dad was smiling a lot when I was there for an in-home assessment and um, would laugh at anything I said. And I could just raise my the tone of my voice or or you know just say things in a different pitch with excitement and he would start to laugh and i joked that this could be a case study on how to just look at a person and say something like uh, you're having a conversation maybe about them and they're not understanding and you say suddenly well i just think that sounds great what do you think <laughs> this will be fantastic. And they'll look at you and they'll smile and they'll laugh and they have no clue what you're talking about, but they would laugh over and over. I had an opportunity on this in-home assessment to do this for the better part of a half an hour. And every time I said something to this gentleman, he would smile and laugh. He had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. That's the point. So I, you know, I wanted his daughter to understand that at this late stage of Alzheimer's, this is a chance for her to just be his daughter and, and be daddy's little girl again, even though, you know, they're both elderly now. Give it a chance. I know that it's not easy especially if you have some pent-up frustration that probably is warranted when you're dealing with somebody who maybe hasn't given you their best during their life. And I know there's a lot of you out there in my caregiver nation that have some heartbreak and hurt feelings and, and whatever else comes with that territory with that person that was supposed to be the role model in your life and was supposed to be the person who showed you love and how to love and you were able to reciprocate it. Well, I don't think that is, is going on in a lot of your homes. I think there's a lot of serious, built up tension, resentment, And all kinds of issues that are convoluted that can get in the way of you giving them the best care that you can give while they're on this journey with whatever dementia they have. So here's what I want to talk to you about. Is is this how you want it? Is Is this how you want to end it? Is this what you want to remember. Can you step up and be the bigger person? Can you be in this role reversal where you're really feeling like you're parenting your parent now because they have severe memory loss and and now the roles are changed? So is this your chance for payback? You know, you can give as good as you gave, as you got. Um, or is it a chance for you to 
look at this person and maybe see what happened in their life. What made them the way they were? Did they not get a lot of hugs and love and kisses from their parents when they were growing up? You know, it was a different world a hundred years ago. I mean, it really was. We had people dying from TB. We had families that had parents that died young. They would get, they would get polio. They would get pneumonia and never rebound from it. We really don't have an opportunity a lot to see a glimpse into that person's life. Who were they? What made them the way they are? What what made them so apathetic and maybe uncaring about you during their life? Maybe they never got that love as a child, so they didn't know how to give it to you as a parent. So the question is, is it, is it a situation where you need to even the score? Or can you look at that person and say, I have a chance now maybe to give them something that they never had. And I have a chance to have a loving relationship with that person where I didn't have it when I was growing up. You know, the funny thing about Alzheimer's is that it it gives us a glimpse into that person's past when they start progressing through the mid and late stages they start showing us more than a few glimpses of who they once were. They will talk about their teenage years or or even younger. They'll be asking for their parents um, because they're scared and they're concerned, you know, that they're alone and don't know where they are. And we see them at a crazy vulnerable state. Would you, (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. We wouldn't, we wouldn't kick a dog, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't hopefully berate somebody who's down and out. And it really, it, it, it kind of doesn't matter anymore what they did unless you're keeping a scorecard, you know, and it's 200 to one or something. And you just feel like, well, hey, I've remembered all the crappy things you did to me in my life. So, you know, payback. So you know what? Um, When you make a conscious choice to be the bigger person, to now care for that person, oftentimes in your home, you know, now they can't live alone. You're out of money. They're out of money. So they've moved in with a family member through sheer necessity. And nobody's happy about that. Everybody's resentful about it. Um, Caregivers, my caregiver nation often feels like this just got dumped on me. I didn't have any choice in the matter. Um, There's no money left. We, what are we going to do? We can't just put them out on the street. Well, There are things you can do. You can make a conscious decision to let go of the past. Let it go. Let it go. If you've moved them into your home 
and now you're caring for them and you're still angry, you're still carrying that burden, that weight on your shoulders of the crappy childhood you had and how they never paid attention to you. And I can tell you the behavior level from that person will be exponentially high. They're going to disagree with everything you say. They're going to think you stole their purse. They're going to be angry about care. They're going to say no to everything. They're going to refuse to take a bath. They will ask repetitive questions because they're nervous. This is what your scorecard will get you. And I don't think anybody wants that. I don't. I don't think anybody wants that. So I want you to think about changing that trajectory. Can you get to a place where you walk into a room and you smile at them and you ask them if they'd like a drink? Or they're standing there kind of staring at you and you walk over and give them a hug. You watch a game show with them and you try to answer the questions and you laugh about it. Watch old I Love Lucy movies and and laugh till you cry. Can you turn that corner? Can you can you be the bigger person? Can you show that person the love that you learned over the years possibly on your own and now give it back to them? Because the mid-stages are the hardest for sure. This is when the person's really struggling with their loss. They're not wanting people to come in. They're scared of their own shadow. They, they don't know what's going on around them. They don't know where they are. Half the time they don't know who they are. They look in the mirror. They don't recognize themselves. It's a super scary place. And all the shit that they did in their life comes back to haunt them. Because their loved ones don't come around. They, they're not there for them. They're just assuming that they were a mean person during their life. Maybe they're going to remain a mean person during their Alzheimer's or whatever dementia they have. And I'm telling you, folks, if you can take this lighter path, if you can learn to love without conditions, if you can give a hug to somebody that rarely told you that they loved you. Would that be worth it to you? Would you take advantage of the silver lining phase when they don't know what they don't know and they're so advanced that they're actually pleasant to be around? And like I was stating earlier, they'll feed off of your emotions and and the happier you are, the happier they are. It, It will make... A difference. It isn't, it isn't going to happen overnight. You've got to put it into play. You've got to put it in as a practice and really utilize that technique of, of smiling or being joyful or playing music when you're in the room with them and you'll reap the rewards. I was so humbled and so appreciative to learn that a person that uh, asked me to come for an in-home assessment recently told me that she had practiced this, that this was not innately 
in her nature to just walk into a room or be joyful or be happy or smiling, you know, around her dad. And that she had tried it and that it was actually making her happier, not only with her dad, but with her husband and with her brother. And that her world had become so much better. And then when her husband came home, he actually said the same thing. He said, my wife has been so much lighter. She's had so much less less pressure on her over the past two months. And she tells me it's because she's been taking your classes. You know, people joke on the Alzheimer's whisperer, but I can go into a, a home. I can go into a scenario where I'm speaking with a person that everyone around me is telling me is a difficult, angry, contentious person. And while I'm talking to them, I have nothing but calmness and contentment and peace as I chat with them. And if I see that they're getting upset, I just change the tone of my voice. I smile a lot. I ask them a question about something that really is irrelevant and doesn't matter, but will bring a smile to their face. And it works like a charm. So just as testimony to the person or from the person that uh, I was helping here recently, it really was heartwarming for me to know that when I give you my little Pollyanna lecture about them feeding off of your emotions and how you can manage every single moment you have with the person that you're working with just by understanding that you own the emotional tone in the room can change your life. It can absolutely change your life. You just have to want it to. And you can't expect that if you're not friendly and warm and compassionate to that person, that they are going to give you anything more in your interaction. They're going to feed off of your your tension level. So if your tension level is a zero, so will theirs. It's pretty simple. You just have to want it. So is it is it hard to do that? Is it hard to stop, pause for a minute before you walk into a room and before you walk into their space to put a smile on your face and say, hey, how are you doing? Would you like something to drink? It's really sunny and warm outside. Would you like to step outside and get some fresh air? That's not that hard. It's not that hard. But if you walk into a room and you have a frown on your face, the stimulation in the room is poor. There's poor lighting. There's no TV or music playing. You know, the, the, the room feels heavy with tension. You're going to see them exhibit behaviors based on that lack of stimulation. So knowing what you know about that person 
can all pretty much, to some degree, go out the window when they are pretty far along in the progression of their memory loss. They, they, at that point, they are like a humble little kid that is lost and doesn't know the people around them and in most cases has been moved to a new location and are trying to figure out that new location and they're a little anxious anyway. And I'm telling you, if you just consider this and you will be open to opening your heart and letting go of all of that stuff that has weighed your heart down and made, made your life difficult, you have a chance to go back and rewrite that story. And I wish that most of you would do that because there's a lot of you out there that are not in situations where you are with somebody that you have loved all your life and they have loved you um, and you innately learned how to give that love back to them. I would bet from all of you in all 50 states and 56 countries that are listening, you have situations that I'm not even aware of. You have bad situations where maybe you don't even have a home. Maybe you're living in a hut somewhere in Tanzania. Maybe you are married to somebody you have fallen out of love with and till death do you part went right out the window. Uh, you're happy to part. It's, this is too much. It is too much. <laughs> and you just don't want to do this anymore. And nobody's going to blame you. But if you want to try, I, I've given you a couple of ideas here in the beginning of this podcast and a couple of reasons to think about why you might want to try one more time. Okay? Hey, you know, we're all fallible. We all make mistakes. We all say things we wish we could take back. We all misconstrue the way the loved ones in our life have dealt with us on various issues. We've had enough baggage to fill a couple tow trucks and ship it away. I get it. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that it's been a long haul for you. And now you are 10 to 15 years into this diagnosis and are tired and just thinking that the ridiculousness of the minutia of your day no one in the world would understand. Well, I, I do. I get it. I get it. And if you'd like, I would love for you to send me an email. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what scenario you're in. And let me see if I can come up with a plan to try and help you. I'd be happy to do that. I get lots of letters. I get letters through the mail which, by the way, uh, 
uh, I will give you my uh, mailing address at the end of the podcast today because I'm getting more letters now. Some of you old school folks like to write handwritten letters, which I actually love, by the way. <laughs> I'm not, I am not making fun of you or anything. I love to get handwritten letters. Um, and I get lots of emails and you can email me at jill at srthelp.com. SRT is Summit Resilience Training. Jill at srthelp.com. That's easy. And you can go on my website, summitresiliencetraining.com, and shoot me an email there if you want to, okay? Or just leave me a message. Comment on the show. I post all my podcasts, so I'd love to hear what you think. And, you know, you may think I don't understand your situation, but I'm telling you, with all the in-home assessments that I do and the, and the amount of people that I have helped over the years, I've seen just about every scenario I could ever think of seeing. I've seen people that absolutely hate each other, <laughs> and I've seen people who absolutely love each other. And even the people who hate each other can still have a happy ending. You just have to want it. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with more information. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988 to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. All right, so I'm talking today about difficult relationships and what we can do or not do to change the journey that we're on. Well, I've got some good news for y'all. In April, my University of Colorado Hospital Neurology class, which always happens on the first Wednesday of the month, and it's 1.30 to 3.30 Mountain Time, you can access the information on the front page of my website, summitresiliencetraining.com. Summit is the street I grew up on, S-U-M-M-I-T. Resilience is R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-C-E. And basically what it means is overcoming obstacles and adversity to find a positive outcome. That's a pretty good 
theme for what I'm talking about today. And then training is training because that's what I do. I help all of you with education. All right, so summitresiliencetraining.com. On the front page, you will find your access to joining the class. So March 3rd will be the beginner's class. It's kind of an advanced beginner's class that I have where I explain what the different dementias are and what, what I think causes them. And then I go through the brain and talk about how the brain functions, the lobes of the brain, the uh, frontal, uh, temporal, parietal, and occipital lobes specifically, and what those functions are regarding the lobes of the brain. And when there is impairment from cognition, loss or memory loss, what you will see with these various diseases. Now, I focus heavily on Alzheimer's and Lewy body and vascular dementia in these particular classes every month. But if you are living with somebody with Parkinson's or something like that, I also have classes through University of Colorado Hospital for Parkinson's as well. I just keep them separate because the memory loss and the symptoms are a little bit different, and I want to make sure that I'm addressing the needs that all of you have with those various diseases. So now, back to the Alzheimer's classes. In April, I have what I call a continuum class, and that particular class is going to be about managing your own emotions. Now, the first half hour, as I was talking about, you know, dealing with struggling relationships, a lifetime of heartache and anger that maybe came with someone's apathy or outright dismissal of you, the way they treated you, that they never told you that they loved you, that they... They just treated you badly throughout your life, and now you've been given the, the strenuous responsibility of caring for that person as their brain is deteriorating, and maybe you didn't want to do it, and maybe you don't know how to do it. So here's the good news. You can get on and take my classes, and I will walk you through this. Now, Circling back to the first half hour, here's the thing. When I meet families, when I have people that are in my lectures, when I'm doing my training classes, I would say, and Caregiver Nation, you're not going to like this, 90% of the cause, the root cause of the behaviors that they see in the person with the diagnosis is most often caused by the caregiver. It is. We have a lot that happens throughout the course of the brain deterioration and the, and the disease itself impacting that person's awareness and cognition. But on the other side, the way that we approach them, the way that we interact with them and walk into a room and greet them, the way that we either show them love or we show them anxiety, we show them peacefulness and contentment or we show them intense emotion, those, those deliveries 
are actions that will cause a reaction. I promise you, it's an action that you are putting out there that is causing a reaction. So at home, I want you to try this. I want you to, I want you to think about how many times you walked into a room and scared somebody because you weren't walking in front of them and they don't see you in their peripheral vision and you scared them and you got mad at them. You said, hey, I live here. This is my house. I don't know why you got scared. Well, they lose their, they lose their peripheral vision and can only see basically what's in front of them. So if you were to cup your eyes and put your hands up around your eyes and all you can see is straightforward, that would give you an idea of what that person sees and, and their way of viewing you is now permanently skewed and in, in, a, in a minor way, uh, are they able to even see you in their field of vision, okay? So that's just an example. So you need to make yourself known when you walk into a room, sing a song, snap your fingers, hum something, um, comment on the birds in the sky or what a pretty day is, or hey, it's snowing outside or whatever it is, who cares? Make yourself known and walk out in front of them so that they can see you. And then have a smile on your face. It's not that hard. I call it pausing to care. Pause before you walk into a room and make sure that what, what energy you are giving off, whatever you are emitting to them, is going to be good, positive energy. If you can practice this, if you can say hi to them, if you can say something kind, if you can ask if they're comfortable in their chair, would they like their feet propped up with a pillow? Um, again, if you've had a tough relationship with this person, it could be difficult. But if you do it, they might smile at you. And the more that you send that positive energy to them, they will give you that positive energy back. People, please hear this. If you hear nothing else, Alzheimer's gives us that gift. It's the only freaking thing it gives us in terms of something positive. If you smile at them, they will smile at you. If you get positive energy, you will get positive energy. We have, we only see oftentimes what the person has lost from memory and, and thought process. We only can see what they have lost. But the thing is, that their emotional, um, sort of their emotional meter stays pretty strong throughout the disease process. So as I was talking about the gentleman that I visited yesterday, his daughter was telling me that prior to my class where she started practicing being more outgoing and more energetic and happy around him, they had constant struggles all day long that he was very contentious with her and she thought that he was doing it intentionally, that he was manipulating the situation. And really, people with Alzheimer's don't have that ability after a certain point. And they most certainly don't have that ability uh, in late stages. So what you're projecting 
you're projecting your emotions on that person. That's probably not what they're feeling at all. They're simply looking at you, trying to see if you're mad at them or if you're happy with them. (laughs) And it pretty much boils down to that. It's not a situation of of they're sitting there in their mind going, I'm going to say something smart-ass to her so it will make her mad. And um, boy, that'll teach her. (laughs) Oh, my God. If that was the case... You know, we could we could just go to a counselor and work all this out and, um, you know, move on our merry way. But I'm, I promise you, people with Alzheimer's are not able to manipulate situations like that, especially in the late stages. They're just not. They are simply reacting to whatever action you put out there. And it's, it's just, it's, that's why I'm having this class in April to say, I'm not trying to beat up on my caregiver nation. I'm not. But I need you to recognize what you bring to the table, and I need you to own it. Because you can have a really bad experience, or you can have a pretty good experience. And there really isn't any gray area. I literally have worked with thousands of people, and there is no gray area. The people who put that good energy out there, they work on good approaches, they stay emotionally intact no matter what, they're doing the best they can. They get tired, they get angry, they get sad, but their journey is easier. So the whole point of today is just to talk about how how do you want this to go? You wouldn't train for a marathon without using, you know, good training techniques, building on what you're doing, right? So I'm going to use that as an analogy. I don't know why. I'm just, I am. So if you were training for a marathon, you would know that you have to stretch first. You have to do some exercises first, warm up your muscles, and then you run a mile one day, and the next day you run two miles, and the next day you run three miles, and you just work up your lungs, and you work up your energy, and you put your mind to this goal that you want to achieve, and you do all the right steps so that when the day comes, you can put that little number attachment on your on your shirt, and you run 26 miles, and you fight to the end to get across that finish line. There's no difference here. There's no difference here. If you come in with no information, you come in with nobody helping you, you're going to make mistakes all over the place. Well, who cares? Who cares? Now you're listening to my podcast. You can go back on my website and listen to a zillion podcasts that have all different um you know, topics and and strategies and and techniques that that I've offered over the past couple of years. And you can get in the game and learn information. You You can learn to do this better. You can be better. I am your your vocal oral textbook. I I can help you with this stuff, but I can't make you drink the water if you don't want to drink the water. You have to make a decision. And you know what? 
I will still love you as my caregiver nation. I will still love all you people out there that are just in the trenches and and are refusing to, you know, come off of your your stance and, and your posturing and your I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and this is all I'm going to do. Well, again, all I'm going to do is say, how's that working for you? You need to make a decision. You're at a crossroads. You can have a really crappy next 10 to 12 years, or you can have a really pretty good next 10 to 12 years. You can repair and recreate relationships that were not good in your life and make them better. You've got an opportunity. I just told you, Alzheimer's gives you that strange little gift where once the person doesn't know what they don't know, you're a kind person that is helping them. And you might get a hug from a person you never got a hug from in your life. They might thank you for helping them. I hear this all the time, people with Alzheimer's thanking their caregivers for being kind to them when they don't even know who you are. It's there. It's there for the taking. So keep your anger. Keep your, you know, heavy load that you've been towing around like a ball and chain for God knows how many years or get in the freaking game and let go of that crap and start figuring out how you can maneuver in the space and change your mindset to make your interactions on a daily basis better and have utilized better communication skills. And if you need help in April, get on my podcast. It's the first Wednesday of the month. I'm going to talk about this exact subject, managing your emotions to get the results that you want to get. You know, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I don't want any of you to be insane. Okay. I want you to to learn and to, to give yourself that gift. And even the sweet lady I was talking to yesterday, her face just really softened when I said, you know, your dad's in late stage and you have a chance to just be his daughter again. Just provide comfort care. Stop putting all this pressure on yourself to make, you know, sure that he has flu shots and COVID shots and all that kind of stuff. He's in late stage Alzheimer's. Just love him. Give him a hug. I never dreamed that saying that to somebody would be such a foreign concept, but that was a difficult thing for her to hear and accept. But she was the same person who has utilized my classes to help her to be a stronger, more informed, killer, kick-ass, awesome caregiver. And she's doing a great job. And I told her, you know, despite yourself, despite the feelings that you've had for this person you're now caring for, the reason he's doing so well is because of the way that you're interacting with him. And her face just lit up. So people, make a decision. Is it going to be hard? Or are you going to do some things to make it more enjoyable? and to maybe have a loving relationship where one never existed. It's possible. It's possible. 
So for all you really angry, frustrated, tired caregivers out there that I've been speaking your language today and and uh, you think maybe I don't understand how difficult it is when that person is, is, is difficult, I've told you today how you can change that, that course. You can change it if you want to, or it can easily stay the same. Nobody's going to do it for you. Friends will go away. Family will stop showing up. There will be days when you want to sit down and cry, and we will make mistakes. I've shared on many occasions the mistakes that I made with my mom, especially when we put her in her first nursing home and they abused her. The regret runs deep like a swift river. And I'm telling you, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to put anger and frustration aside no matter who you're directing it at. But when we do that, the reward and the payoff is huge. So you can do this. You can do this. And I get it. You're out there. You're stuck in a situation you didn't want to be in, but you don't have to drown in it. You don't have to drown. Make a decision. Play this podcast back. Think about it. Take my class. My Managing Emotions class in April, first Wednesday of the month, 1.30 to 3.30 Mountain Time. Sign up on my website, summitresiliencetraining.com. Call me, 303-420-6988. Mail me a letter, summitresiliencetraining. Whoops, it's just Summit Resilience Training. Post Office Box, 270-206. I'll say that one more time. Summit Resilience Training, Post Office Box 270206. That's Littleton, L-I-T-T-L-E-T-O-N, Littleton, Colorado, 80127. That's how you can mail me a letter. I love to hear from you. I would love to hear any topics that you would like me to discuss. And I just want all of you out there to know I'm proud of you. I know you're doing the best you can. But always know that I'm going to have an idea for you of a way to do something better. Okay? And I'm in the trenches with you. I'm in there with you. So I know what you're doing. I know the the journey that you're on. I'm right there with you. Think about the fact that maybe I'm, I'm virtually holding your hand on this journey. I'm here for you. And I'll see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.